0: So I've got with me, we haven't talked one-on-one before, so I don't know if he's my friend yet, but I got with me a cool guy. We're having a good conversation already. His name is Nick Abraham. Nick, can you tell people a little bit about yourself? I know you've got some, I follow you on Twitter. You got some cool stuff there. People should definitely follow you on Twitter. What's your handle there? NickAbraham12. Cool. And what can people learn from you if they they follow you there?
1: Everything like lead generation, B2B cold outreach, cold emails, and just systems and operations. I run a lead gen agency. We have about 70 clients. We're ranging from publicly traded startups to your average agency owner that's looking to get leads. And then through our agency journey over the last like two and a half years, I've been fortunate enough to build four SaaS products that we use to actually do the cold outreach and get results for our clients. Yeah.
0: I want to peel back the layers of the onion here kind of like in shrek i watched shrek for the first time in like 15 years last week and shrek and donkey talking about ogres and onions and layers and so let's peel back those layers man yeah Abraham like what's where does your entrepreneurial journey begin
1: yeah so i've always like done random things as a as a kid like when i was growing up like you ever remember those like Nike elite socks that like everybody had, like it was like those Nike long socks that everyone used to wear when
0: they were in like middle school. Um, oh, were, the, were they the ones with like the stripe going up the back or? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I, I remember when some of the cool kids started wearing those and I had to get yeah. myself a pair. Yeah. Yeah. So we used, I have uh, some in my suitcase right now. I have two.
1: <laughs> so back in the day, they used to not come out in a lot of colors and, you know, people would want them in custom colors. And so that was probably like the first thing I ever did when I was like, I think in like fifth or sixth grade, I used to like literally go in and buy a whole bunch and just dye them in like separate colors and charge like an arm and a leg for a pair of socks and, and sell it to kids at school and stuff. And I've always just done like random things. I used to throw like basketball tournaments and just like a whole bunch of random side hustles. But I think like once I got out of high school, it was when I first started my first agency. Um, and so like I got really good at growing Instagram pages. So I grew a couple to like 50,000 followers, would sell them. And I was like, wait, i could probably do these for, other people that want to grow their Instagram page. So I started doing that and you know, first ever business didn't know a thing about business, literally, you know, went and followed LLC, created a nice little website. And then I was sitting there thinking like, how do I get all these customers? Like what are these <laughs> customers going to come to me? Right. And so I was just kind of sit in there, like just trying to figure stuff out. And you know, that's kind of how I learned cold email. Uh, Cause I was literally Googling on YouTube, like how to get clients and you know, it literally took me down the rabbit hole of learning cold email. And you know, with the agency, It went decent for someone that's like 17 years old, 18 years old. Like, I think we got to 10K and MRR pretty quickly within like six months. And then the issue was our margins were terrible because we would do everything manually and have like a huge team of EAs just doing everything. Um, And we're charging like pennies because we're basically growing Instagram pages for doctors. There's no ROI there. And so the churn was horrendous. And so... You know, I
0: imagine, yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: But like what I did learn during that time was like gold emailing and sales. And I got really good at B2B sales and just learning how to like get appointments set on my calendar and then being able to convert them into clients. And so then it kind of made me think, okay, maybe I should just do this as a service. And so I did it for a couple of friends and then now we're here.
0: What was like the selling point to the Instagram pages for doctors? Like what was the (laughs) <laughs> the future state
1: <laughs> yeah, i would just show because i had this one doctor she was like a dermatologist and she was already well connected and she somehow got her product featured on like kylie kardashian's instagram page or something like that so i had some like massive growth there and i was basically just showing them that and i was like hey look this is what we were able to get a dermatologist down you know we got sure. a part uh kylie kardashian and or kylie jenner whatever her name is and and it it blew up like maybe we could do this for you and we just kind of like we had pretty good growth and like the page just it looked like really aesthetic and so for like plastic surgeons and stuff that's like very big we would do like before and after like little video reels of like what their body looked like after before and after the surgery and stuff and i don't know i they just kind of wanted content done um and they were willing to pay for it and we wouldn't we were super cheap. Like I was too scared to ask for like, you know, sure. more than a thousand dollars a month. And so for them that was like, <laughs> like easy, you know?
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and so that was, that was the start of it all.
0: Uh, so what happened? Like, they, uh, they spent under a thousand dollars a month for three months and then Kylie didn't see their <laughs> before and after. And then they churned.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and it was just kind of like, and I, this is when I realized like creative stuff are just like really hard to do. Like uh, I'm not that creative person, I'm like, I like doing things on are like productized, and, and like, you know, that they would just give so much feedback, like, hey, I don't like this song right here, let's use this song instead, and then like, oh, like, I don't like the background, and I was just like, I can't do this anymore, like, this is like, we're literally getting paid pennies to, to do like, 10, yeah. you know, changes on every video, and just kind of managing yeah. my communication and stuff. Just super young in the journey, too, so like, I really don't understand how to run the business, and how to build it, and so, it was just like, super inefficient. Um, it just didn't run it the right way. And and the market for like content creation, like the way I was doing it, it was pretty low. Like you could get someone off of Upwork and get them to do it for sure. Time. So of course, yeah. didn't really understand anything on that positioning sales, like systems, any of that stuff at that yeah. point. So
0: that's, yeah. that's the thing with like, yeah, a lot of content agencies, um, and maybe even a pick on short form agencies, which is kind of like a trend <laughs> right now too. Yeah. Like if you're, if your value profit is like just, producing content for people like who cares i would not hire a short form agency for that like i would i might i do want to hire a short form agency so hit me up guys but anyhow a lot of people most people are just going to go on like fiverr or upwork or something like that and literally get at it at divided by 10 the price like it's gotta be you've got to be really good at what you do and connect it to some sort of return on return on investment. And those agencies do exist out there for sure. Yeah,
1: no, I agree. I think in the the short term space, like if if you're s- going to do strictly just like content, like you're going to edit it, clip it for them, whatever, put some little things on it, I think the offer that works best and if that's what you're doing and like how you should build it is kind of like, uh, so he's actually in Client Ascension. His name is Calvin. So he runs Koo Creatives, which is his like, content agency. And he basically does like, you know, you pay a flat monthly subscription, which is like, I think like 1500 to 3000, depending on like what package you want. And you get unlimited edits. So basically you can send them as many videos as you want in a month and he's mm. just going to clip it for you and do what that's he wants cool. there. And and that's all you're getting. You're just yeah. getting strictly edited, nicely edited videos, 24 hour turnover time. Like wow that to me just makes sense. Right. But like that's some cool. of these guys that are like, Oh, like I'll make, you know, 30 to 60 short form videos for you for four grand a month or whatever. It's just like, Oh, it doesn't really make sense. Right. I don't know. Like it just doesn't, I don't know. I kind of like the other offer. If you speak productized, simple cut in, <laughs> cut out kind of thing.
0: That's a, Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good offer though. This person you're talking about unlimited. That's a good offer.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think he's positioned a little bit differently, but he's, he's a really good guy too.
0: He does great work. So moving on in your journey, Nick what happens after the Instagram agency?
1: Yeah. So I was still running that for a period of time while I was trying to get the lead bird off the ground. And, uh, you know, I was doing it for a couple of friends, a couple of friends that like, turned to clients, got them pretty good results. That was like our first initial case studies and then just started to kind of like, re- cause like with cold emailing, it's, it's not so black and white. There's so many like tiny little technical nuances that you just, And the thing is, is like cold emailing is kind of like in that, it's not like black hat, but it's not like white hat. It's like in that gray hat area. meaning like, you know, there's not going to be a how-to guide done by Google on how to cold email, right? And they're not going to tell you all the changes. Yeah. They're never going to tell you about the changes that they make. So it's a lot of like doing a, a ton of testing, testing to see what strategy works, what strategy doesn't, what strategy works today and doesn't work tomorrow. It's just like a ton of learning while as you go on. And so that's what I felt like I spent like a, a good portion of my time doing. And then once we kind of figured out like what could consistently deliver results, we started building around that. And so now we do kind of like a, a model called like pay per meeting ready leads. And so like, as soon as we get someone that says, Hey, I'm interested in your product and I want to hop on a call here. Sometimes I'm available. We basically wrap that entire message up and send it to our clients and like, we built a whole bunch of like really cool like interfaces and stuff to like when a client gets a lead, it like goes to their mailbox and they just click a button and mm. it like does like a click to reply kind of thing. Mm. Um, we just built like a lot of really good like systems and operations around like our tech stack that we've built and just yeah. like how we deliver leads for our clients and stuff. And now it's, it's uh, pretty cool to see. And now I'm just like excited uh, to ramp up like the actual, it's funny, like, you know, like everyone always tells you not to focus on like the brand of your agency and like, focus more on like, you know, like getting leads to the door, like sales, like doing the stuff that's, you know, really like revenue generating and impactful to, to start off with. And that's what i always focused on. And now it's like, okay, let's go like look more reputable. Let's go get mm. two reviews and let's go build out a much bigger website and get all these video testimonials collected and some really detailed case studies and like start building out like a lot of these other things that you just don't do in the beginning because it just doesn't make more sense. Yeah. And so, yeah, just excited to see what we can do over the next year or two.
0: So you're at that next stage where you're starting to think about these things that most young agencies don't think about. So how did you like actually get to that stage? Maybe another way that I'd like to ask this, I think an interesting way to go about this is like, what are some things that if you, the mistakes that you could have made along the way that would have prevented you from getting to where you are now?
1: Yeah. So I kind of had like a shortcut to success in a way uh with the lead gen agency, because I met this guy, there's Eric and he, he, he's my co-founder's on the SaaS companies now. And he's been in the space for 20 plus years and he's done extremely well. He's, you know, had some of the biggest clients like Microsoft that used to do cold emails for, right? Ring really central people like that. And, you know, I met him very early on in my journey and mm. basically was just able to, to kind of like pick his head on like how things are and how to run things. And like, you know, a whole bunch of just different, uh, things. Sorry. Getting like blown up on a message chat real quick. So yeah, th- that, was a uh, kind of like the thing that helped me the most, just like being able to ask someone that's been in the space for 20 plus years, like, Hey, like, what do you think about, like, if I ran at this model and like, seeing how he ran his stuff and just like kind of being able to collaborate in that way that that's, yeah. that's ultimately like what helped me just like, take off and like he's at a point where he doesn't really like doing the agency stuff as much. He wants to focus a lot more on SaaS, And so like even that alone, uh, he was able to, you know, connect us with some of the biggest clients in the world mm. and, and really be able to tap into those guys and get some really neat referrals out of it. And yeah, I don't know. It just like it really shortcut my success. And I tell them this all the time. Like I wouldn't be where I am with the agency without him because like, yeah, literally was like the backbone in terms of like, sure. just being a mentor and, uh, helping me yeah. understand everything.
0: So that's like a once in a lifetime opportunity shortcut, whatever you want to call it. But like, I'm going to give you credit here. You know, you might like. Oh, you said I kind of took a shortcut, but like, giving you credit, people who are prepared they get those once in a lifetime opportunities three times a year. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So, like, what do you? What? How did you meet this person? Um, Why was the? Why was it? Why was the the fruit? ripe so to say i don't i guess i'm not describing that well like what do you think why why was that interaction successful
1: yeah no i mean i think what made it successful was so it's funny he actually sent me a cold email or you know what actually it wasn't that he sent me a cold email so i was really trying to learn deliverability at one point right because that was like the biggest thing that i was struggling with at the agency and so i meet this guy on linkedin i just literally typed in deliverability on linkedin found this guy and he's, he's a client of ours his name's adrian patel And, you know, got to talk to him, learn a lot about like deliverability and how it works and stuff of that sort. And then like a week later, Adrian connects me with this guy and he's like, Hey, I think like, you know, you guys might be able to help each other out. You know, um, you know, there might be some like mutual interest here. So just wanted to kind of intro you to this guy that cold emailed in, which was Eric. And I met Eric and we just kicked it off. Like, I think what like kind of led to that relationship being successful was just that like, I kind of think he saw me as like, like a young guy that was just hungry and just wanted to learn and mm-hmm. trying to like, like do something big. And, and I think he just saw that as like, oh, like, I kind of want to have this guy in my back cause I think he's gonna do well. And mm-hmm. so that's just kind of what kind of kicked off that relationship. And yeah, we, you know, I talk to this dude every day now. I uh, yeah. didn't even know him like less than three years ago. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I actually just got to meet him for the first time. He flew down to Dallas. He's from Estonia. And so
0: uh, I met him for the first time, uh, like, a couple of weeks ago. So it's oh, pretty wow. cool to see. Yeah. So he's uh is he a partner in your company? Yeah, So
1: we own uh, so the SaaS companies I own are QuickLines, Inboxy, Scrubby, and Emmy. And so we're partners on all of those. And so and, and like it's crazy too. Like once you have so much experience under your belt in this in this lead gen space, like you just understand like all the gaps in the market and understand how to build products around it. And that's kind of like how all the SaaS companies came to be. Like, for example, like we used to literally have someone that wrote personalized first lines for every single one of our <laughs> clients, right? And like that's expensive, it's super time-tasking and like if you really look at cold emails you understand that even if you have a 10 out of 10 line, you may not book the appointment, right? And if you have totally. a 6 out of 10 line or 7 out of 10 line, which which is what quick lines will give you, like you just got to send more emails, and you're still going to average out the same amount of demos and the same amount of leads that you get. Totally. And so, like, you just kind of understand and see those kind of things, and you're able to build products around it. And so that's kind of like yeah. what he, he's like really good with product. Like, like he's kind yeah. of like he's just great at product, and so he was able to help come up with a lot of these ideas, and we just kind of built them around.
0: So I think this could be an interesting pivot to the conversation. You've obviously been a lot around a lot of cold emails. You've seen a lot of replies to cold emails, uh, basically interact with a lot of people, uh, micro interactions, probably thousands of times per day. Not that you're a hundred, not that you're involved in fulfillment and replying to every client's email, <laughs> but you get my point. Yeah. Well, ha, what have you learned about people, if anything?
1: Yeah. So I think with cold emails specifically and like kind of like the replies that come in, It's all about so like this is what I've seen, especially with like a lot of our clients. Like, you're you could have a a subpar offer, right? Like, let's say like an average offer, nothing crazy. But if you can write a cold email that has a little hint of personalization and just has good copy, short, sweet, direct, and you're you're just looking to start a conversation, you're gonna get a reply for the most part, right? You may not get as many replies as the person who has like a crazy good offer, but you'll still get a reply and still make like cool email, a good like acquisition. So that's like one thing I realized. And then I kind of understood like, that was another big bottleneck for us was just like inbox management. And I realized that like, you know, there's only like four types of responses that you get and you can really templatize how you respond to those responses and just kind of have really good like follow ups in place. And so this is like one of the things I'll teach inside of client attention with how we kind of do our inbox management. But like, if you talk to most legion agencies you see on Twitter, they'll probably have like one inbox manager per every five to 10 clients. We literally have one inbox manager that's managing 70 clients.
0: Mm.
1: You know, and so it's, and you just got to build a whole bunch of like operations around it. Like for example, if there's a question we can't answer for the client because it's super specific to their business, like we have an Airtable form that gets, like the inbox manager will submit in there with the question. It'll send it to the client. The client can reply. We have things like that put in place so that we, you know, have inbox management dialed in. And we use now chat GPT to kind of be able to, to write a lot of good responses. Like, this is something that like has really changed for our inbox manager. She will literally go in and write a prompt of like analyze this company or she will literally write like, this is um, a cold email response I got from this company, analyze this, write a response to it that has this CTA, this is what my company does, et cetera, et cetera, something like that. And and it writes a good response. And yeah. So, yeah. Do you are
0: finding like success from chat GPT responses?
1: Yeah. Well, like we haven't, I haven't like looked into like getting it to auto create, but like, yeah, if you're just going into the interface and writing out these prompts one by one, like it, it does work
0: for the most part. Mm. That's pretty cool. So what about like some golden rules that people can follow for success using cold emails?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think uh, with all the new tech stacks out there, it's, it's honestly pretty easy. I think it's going to get a lot more competitive in the, hmm. the next year or two. Cause I think a lot of like, like office and, or not office, like Microsoft and Google, like I think they're catching on to like the increased amount of emails that are going out.
0: Um, hold on a sec because I thought Google was the one really like cracking down and people are kind of flocking to Microsoft Outlook
1: Well, I think it's it's a mix of both right like I, I think they're both going to get incrementally harder I think right now like often, like we use Outlook accounts for all of our clients and, and it's just it's just easier to manage because you don't have to do a lot of like the 2FA kind of things that you do with with yeah. Google and the disconnects and all that issue and it's, it's honestly easier to just like automate and spin up inboxes using Microsoft because they give you a lot more access to their backends. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I think just overall, like there has been a huge increase in the amount of emails that have been sent out in, you know, the last month compared to you know, last year. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think like, it's just going to get more competitive and you just got to understand how to leverage the new tools out there to, you know, stay great with deliverability because if you can't land in the primary inbox, then you're probably not going to get read. And just understanding how to write like more compelling, personalized, like relevant emails. So like have you seen any of the stuff recently with using like chat GTP prompts with your with your lead list to, to kind of spit out like relevant
0: cool emails? Mm, I saw one, yeah.
1: Yeah. So like what you can do now, and I, I think this is crazy. I saw it actually on a Twitter thread and like now we're trying to implement it across a lot of our clients. But like you could literally write a prompt where it's like analyze this company on my lead list and you know, write a, or so this is the one we have for our SEO clients. And I think this is going to print. So imagine this, right. So you basically write a prompt where it's like analyze this company when you just toss on the website, write it, find a competitor to the company and identify two keywords that they should or that are relevant for them to, to rank on, on Google. Right. And then write in this format uh, to fill in the blank. So basically your cold email and say, Hey, first name, I saw hmm. competitor is ranking for or, or is outranking you on keyword one and keyword two. I'd love to speak to you about how we can help you outrank them and generate more traffic or whatever, whatever uh, to, to to beat them or whatever. And so you're basically just coming in with a super relevant use case of like, you know, like if someone receives that email, they're just not going to think it think that it's automated, you know. And I think that's that's yeah. kind of like the goal with a lot of this. Like you just got to figure out how you can get the prospect to think that you, you literally sent it straight off your phone, you know, manually.
0: Sure. And it's, and it's just been right. funny to see the progression of like, of, of, I guess, merge tags, automations. And like, you know, the way people used to show that it was personalized was like, they'll put the company name in there or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, like that just doesn't work anymore. Like everyone knows that um, it's not personalized. Yeah. So you gotta get a lot more creative um, to make it seem like it is, you know, sent from your phone.
1: Yeah. You. I I agree and, and and I think where a lot of people mess up too is like they don't do the fundamentals well. Um so like a great example is like when you pull your data from like sales or really any database, a lot of them don't have clean company names, right? So like you mm-hmm. might say like LeapBird LLC. Yeah. And most people will use that. Think- and then yeah, and then it's like in the cold email, you like that's that's the obvious hint of like, oh, this is automated. You know? For sure. And the same thing goes with like titles. Like nobody will say like, "Hey, I saw that you were the chief marketing officer."
0: Yeah, like,
1: everyone's gonna say, "Hey, I saw you're the CMO," right? Like, yeah, things like that. I think that's where a lot of people mess up when they use merge fields. Like it really hurts your cold email more than it helps. Mm. And so that that's a huge point that most people like don't know how to like fix or like kind of like. um, do it at scale, and so like these yeah. are like some of the things you'll learn running a legit agency. Like, just either include them and clean them, or you don't include them at all uh, because you just don't have a process to clean them. And so yeah. Mm.
0: Well, Nick, man, thanks for being here today. Let's wrap up with like a fun little question: golden rules for success in business—one or two or three—business or life, even just things that you want to spout, man. It could be philosophy, whatever you want to talk about here.
1: Yeah, let me think. Uh, I think. I think. One thing I've been really like kind of pushing myself on is just like taking everything one day at a time. Like, and this is, this is something that I used to work a lot, like in terms of like trying to redo the entire operations of the business. Right. And trying to do it all in one day. And it's like, your operations don't get fixed in a day. They get fixed and continually improved on day by day. Um, and so that, that to me, it was like one thing that I've been just like, you know, like, it's kind of like a, like a mantra in a way to like, realize that like, hey, like I just need to continuously keep working on it and things are going to like rapidly improve over time rather than just like trying to do it all in one day, burning out, taking out like the next three to five days and not work on any of it. Um, so that's one thing I do every day, just like could like just spend like an hour trying to fix things that are breaking or things that could be improved and, you know, going on to the next thing rather than trying to fix it all in one day. Um, so that's that's one, one huge golden rule I'd give to anybody starting out. And then the second is just like Sales gets infinitely easier the more sales assets that you can build. So the more case studies that you have, the more customer reviews sure. that you have, the more G2 reviews you have, the easier sales become. And and I feel like a lot of people that start out, you know, they'll get on a ton of calls with people and they just can't close, right? And it's not because they're they suck at sales. It's because A, either their offer isn't good or B, like they just haven't built enough social proof or enough like trust with the prospect um uh-huh. that they're getting off of a cold email. And I think if you can do those two things, like you're just you're just gonna make your life a lot easier. Um so yeah, that's 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 the, the last two things i have kind of end off with.
0: Social proof's key. Yeah. Exactly. Nick, Nick Abraham, thanks a lot for being here. You're the man. Thank you very much. Appreciate it.